0: They they advertise one match by crashing a car into one of the wrestlers. Not a total victory of Russia, which now we're seeing. This he goes on. gigantic
1: bag of flaccid dicks.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Which, when you open them up, you find out that they're all cockroaches inside. Yeah, yeah. You know? this, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if anybody else is ever going to laugh this hard at anything we <laughs> say. Uh, we can actually both look out my window right now and see some very pretty yellow flowers that I'm going to be eradicating. This is a geek history of time.
1: I'm Ed Blaylock.
0: Uh, I'm a
1: world history teacher at the seventh grade level. God help me, and uh, a, a a the Catholic in the room. It should be noted, um, and uh, I have been a geek basically all my life, uh, as I mentioned. In our introduction uh, last episode my very first uh, real defining moment of geekdom was probably when I found my father's uh, copies of the Lord of the Rings series including the Hobbit uh, that were the banned books edition from the 19 from the 1960s uh, referred by many people referred to by many people as the hippie covers Wow because of the nature of the artwork Wow. Uh, How about you?
0: I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher, uh, formerly a social science teacher at the high school level. Um, Longtime geek. Um, I, I dare say one of the first times I ever found a comic book was when I was at my... Uh, grandmother's house and I found a box of my dad's old comics oh, wow. turns out he was into mr. natural so I was in therapy for a while <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's good yeah well done. thank you well done. thank you yeah. I appreciate
0: it <laughs> but you know I started watching wrestling a few years before that uh-huh. actually yeah um, and uh, I've been a huge wrestling fan ever since mm-hmm. I actually consider it high art yeah, in the same way that other people consider opera high art, it's quite frankly the same thing. It's just more oil and less singing.
1: I like that. So, yeah, I
0: like that. So they're
1: all love, blood, and death.
0: There you go. They really are. Uh, or, so I'm
1: sorry, love, blood, and rhetoric. You know, Not a lot of rhetoric in wrestling.
0: Though. What uh, what one so wrestling Tyler promoter Fools, Tom <laughs> What one wrestling promoter said was, "It's really easy to write a wrestling storyline. Pick a deadly sin."
1: Ah. And he ain't wrong <laughs> he, he ain't He really he isn't really, He really ain't It's kind of cool for my, for my limited knowledge yeah. of the form That yeah. actually That works Yeah And also It ain't that hard to write opera No Pick a deadly sin <laughs> There you go Then Then Halfway through the script mm-hmm. Pick another one
0: Yeah There it you is go Is
1: usually what winds up happening
0: And then learn so, to hold a note Yeah Yeah so
1: well, that's that's how you perform it. That's <laughs> true. Not yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, You don't need to know how to Good sing. Point. Good point. Good point.
0: So last time, uh, we got into uh, the the territory that would later become known as the WCW. Yes, it was the Georgia Championship Wrestling. Yeah, it was known as the NWA. It became kind of the standard bearer in the same way that like Band-Aid is the standard bearer for adhesive bandages. Okay. Um, it um, and and uh, mid mid south as well. Uh, those okay. those really. Really, kind of captured all the attention. The others were still out there, okay. um, but the one that was really making it. And some of this has to do with location. Some of this has to do with cable, eventually, mm-hmm. um, but also it has to do with the narrative that it was really pushing and answering at the same time. Because again, art both shapes and reflects us, and yes. and it absolutely was doing that. And and to give you an idea as to where these territories are, um, I've got this map here. And if you notice, what we're talking about is essentially from the Carolinas down the coast through Georgia, stopping, not getting into Florida except for the Panhandle, Junior Alabama, Uh, stopping when you get uh, into Louisiana, though, too, Mm -hmm. and going up just a little bit north, uh, you get into Arkansas maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit, but for the most part... You even stop before you get to West Virginia, so it's just this chunk right down the here. Real,
1: the real, honest to God, no kidding, beating heart of the Confederacy. Yes. in the Civil War. The, Funny the, you would the, mention the that. True birthplace of secession, of course, is South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you have a connection. You're gonna, you're gonna bring up.
0: No, there. no, I don't think there is one. No, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is why it's called uh, wrestling and the lost cause. Yeah. So uh, last time I talked about um, just the overall structure was that yeah. it, it was just always you're you're essentially paying money to go see the good guy get dicked over. Just how are they going to do it this time? By opera, I right?
1: Mean, like like that yeah. is that is a yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay So tragedy. They southern wrestling is tragedy. Yes. Northern wrestling is it's comedy triumph. triumph. Well, triumph, but but in the in the in oh in the, the classical yes. classical yes. theater. Yes. You know, uh, tragedy, ends, tragedy ends with the hero and, to a lesser extent, everybody dying. Right. And in classical theater, a comedy is any play in which the natural order is restored at the end. Yes. And there was a thought I had last episode mm-hmm. about Apollonian and Dionysian.
0: Ooh, yeah. Which,
1: which I'll get back to after we've gotten farther sure. into this one. So so sure. keep going.
0: Yeah. So um, to establish this, uh, this pattern... <clears throat> Uh, I'll point out a couple feuds to you. Okay. Um, Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen versus yeah. Dusty Rhodes. Okay. So Dusty Rhodes stands hard. He's the only one. There's a wonderful promo he gives. They injured him. He comes back and he's had hard times. Mm-hmm. And they put hard times on Dusty Rhodes. And he goes on for two minutes about how you don't put hard times on a man and how you don't understand hard times. And hard times is when a computer has replaced your job and a place where you worked for 30 years gives you a gold watch and sells you thank you and now you can't feed your family. And hard times is when a mother has to take up a second job and so on and so on. I mean, it's just drawing on all kinds of, frankly, confederacy suffering. Mm. Um and, and he did he called, it, it is called the hard times promo. You could go onto YouTube and type in Dusty Rhodes, and the next thing the next word it'll predict for you almost always will be hard times. Oh wow! And if you uh. don't, you just put Dusty Rhodes hard, and it still gives you hard times. Okay, yeah, I it's mean, yeah
1: because that'd be a dangerous. Oh, combo. if you type
0: in Al Snow hard, you'll find the time that he wrestled with an erection. It's different, <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: an uncomfortable evening for everybody involved, <laughs> except maybe him. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. But anyway, but uh, but yeah. So is uh, a hell of a drug. I suppose.
0: <laughs> um, undersung wrestler Al okay, Snow. Uh, but yeah. So the Four Horsemen versus Dusty Rhodes. He yeah. works his way through a couple of them. They injure him. He has to come back. He works his way through them again. He finally gets to fighting Ric Flair. Ric Flair wins. Jesus God. Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen versus Magnum TA. Magnum T.A. wrestles Ric Flair, loses, and then Tully Blanchard sets his sights on Magnum T.A. And they have a match in a in a cage,
1: uh-huh.
0: and there's a chair brought in, and it's made of wood, and they break the chair, and they have an actual wooden spike. I kid you not. And he is trying to shove it into his eye. And I it, you look, and it's not that far from the eye. Woof. Yeah, these guys trust each Jesus. other a lot. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. They um. Have to. Yeah, Magnum wins against Tully Blanchard. Doesn't win against Ric Flair. Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen versus <clears> Barry <throat> Windham. Barry Windham was one of the Four Horsemen at one point, but then he got religion. Yeah, kind of. I guess you okay. know. Okay. So basically, realized had a,
1: had a Pauline moment. Fell yeah. Off his donkey and landed
0: on his ass. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then he goes up against Ric Flair. He even defeats Ric Flair at one point, but then the decisions reversed. By the way, the guy who's booking all this is usually Dusty Rhodes. And you get something called a dusty finish, which is where the good guy wins, Uh and then they find some way in the rules to dick him out of winning. Wow. Um, To the point where dusty finish is...
1: Just to make it it that much more of a, oh, "Oh, sons of bitches, emotional catharsis. Yes. Yeah, okay.
0: And get you to come back next week. And get
1: you to come back next week, yeah.
0: Maybe justice will be served.
1: Because you are so pissed.
0: The Four Horsemen versus Lex Luger. Lex Luger. Big, beefy dude. Oh, my God. From Chicago. Interestingly, a good guy from Chicago. Okay. Can't cut a promo to save his life. Frankly, only has three moves. Um, but still captures everyone's okay. imagination. Um, and for a while, it's 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 them versus him. But that's a short-lived <clears throat> feud, mostly because Lex Luger is boring. Um, Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen versus Sting. Oh. Sting very handsome fellow, comes out from California, um, captures everybody's imagination, and he actually, he fights Ric Flair to a draw. So he still doesn't win. Yeah. Uh, Because championship wins on a draw. Uh, Champion wins on a draw. Um, Works his way through all of them. They do all kinds of fuckery and chicanery to make sure that he can't win. He finally ends up winning. He gets the championship. And actually what had happened was that uh, Ric Flair... Goes to WWF for a while. Um, A new ownership took over. Jim Hurd was an idiot. Um, And then uh, Tully Blanchard and Ari Anison, they go up to WWF for a little while, and then they come back. And and so Sting ends up taking the belt into a new direction. But then again, they they come back. But now this also happened in Mid-South. And importantly, I really want to make this point clear. It crosses color lines. Okay. In the Mid-South, you had black superstars. You typically had one per territory, the black one. Um, Sometimes you'd have two. There's a black face and a black heel. But for the most part, you did have this. Junkyard Dog, you might remember. Vaguely. He uh, had a long-standing feud with the fabulous Freebirds. That's a group of three guys against one guy. So again, Uh, one against three. Okay. But he was the, the face, and they were the heels. Huh. He also had another one with Ted DiBiase. Before Ted DiBiase becomes a million-dollar man, by the way. Okay. Um, so he's not about that. And this one is not about rich versus poor. This one is about he and Ted DiBiase were pals, were allies, and Ted DiBiase betrayed him. Oh, wow. So it's about betrayal. Oh, wow. So. And DiBiase wasn't mm. from the South. So it makes sense that he'd betray uh, one, of one of ours. Of course, one of ours. Yeah. yeah. So okay. what were you we going to ask?
1: Um, <clears throat> Well, you, you mentioned okay. you know, black superstars being a thing. Yes. Was Was The Rock's father one of those guys? Because we've
0: mentioned... Rocky Johnson okay. is is a black superstar, and so is Tony Atlas, but they were okay. mostly in the Northern Territories. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, I'll get back to a, a little bit more on the... Frankly, the odd thing about you you have these black superstars that they don't very often get the belt for very long again mm-hmm. good they're good guys yeah so they don't yeah, their
1: they're faces
0: so right they're, yeah. so they're chasing but they absolutely get cheered on so what's happening in the south was that the narrative of the lost cause is playing out in wrestling okay scrappy against all odds the person who's from here mm-hmm. is taking on the powers that are greater than himself It's taking on foreign monsters, taking on arrogant aristocrats, Mm -hmm. people who aren't, they might have been born here and they might have owned land from here for a long time, but they're not one of us. Mm -hmm. They're the rich guy on the hill. Um, And they're usually outnumbered. Mm -hmm. They lose and they lose and they lose and they lose. Then they finally win, only to have it cut short by treachery Mm -hmm. or incompetence of those in charge. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, color didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Junkyard Dog was from here. He was our guy. Okay. And that's what mattered way more. So, the natural order of things is if you're from here, you fight the good fight no matter what, knowing that it's a lost cause. Hmm. Color doesn't matter as much as culture matters in, in these okay. southern territories. It even had a long history of integrating audiences on some levels. Wrestling did. Way more than any other sport. Oh wow! Yeah. All right. so, first off, you got black guys wrestling white guys. Yeah. You know, you don't have integration of mm. much of anything. You certainly yeah. don't have it of the schools. <clears throat> Sputnik Monroe is this uh, heel in the south. He was a dandy heel. Okay. Okay. So you, he's not an aristocratic heel. He's a dandy heel. Okay. Slight difference. Okay. Um, but mm. you can imagine he's he's prissy, and, yeah, and what have you, right? And and if you were um, a a heel in southern territories. You lived your gimmick twenty four seven. You didn't get to turn it off. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a big deal in the south. They strangely they really like their authenticity. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, they really like committing to their fiction. Yeah. Uh, if you were a quote Russian, then you were a Russian. Oh, wow. If you didn't know any Russian, you'd grunt and you wouldn't say much. For years. Really? The whole time. Holy cow. Yeah. This is called kayfabe. Ah, keeping okay. kayfabe mm-hmm. is is <clears throat> keeping up the fiction outside yeah. of the ring, right? Okay. They kayfabed hard in the South because if there's one thing the South seems to like, it's consistency and it's fiction. Okay. Uh, he would, Sputnik Monroe, would for real get arrested for carousing Um, and it was because he was often present in places that were relegated to black people in Memphis okay okay Um, he'd get a black lawyer to represent him in court and he'd go right back to where he was arrested and keep partying which makes him now he's white Mm -hmm. makes him a hero to black people in the south for wrestling fans anyway. then they'd come to his shows Uh, but they had to sit in the balcony because yeah yeah and what he did was he said i'm sorry no i'm not going to work in this building if you don't integrate all the seats no shit no shit this was the 1950s
1: holy moly
0: and he was such a draw that they integrated
1: promoters would integrate because they knew they would
0: they get money needed the money yeah wow the wrestling, more than any other sport, recognized green over blue and uh, green over black and white. Wow! But and and like I said, faces could absolutely be black. Junkyard Dog, uh, Ron Simmons, first black champion uh, okay. in WCW. Uh, Bobo Brazil. Okay. Uh, bad, bad, bad. Leroy Brown. Oh, nice. Yeah. Typically, there's only one main black face, one black face per territory, and they'd rotate around. So it'd be like everybody shuffles to the left in December okay. kind of thing. At its core, Lost Cause culture is alive and well in the South and in uh, in, in Southern wrestling, in territory. And this is these are the territory days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In Southern territories, it was that. And as a result, it was far bloodier. Okay. Far feudier. Mm -hmm. Like the feuds are what really sold it, and the blood paid it off. Um, And they were far more interested in the struggle and ultimately the loss and the sympathy for the face who lost Mm -hmm. than it was about good prevailing.
1: Okay. And and now I got to get pointy headed about this because one one of the one of the major differences culturally between the North and the South prior Mm -hmm. to the Civil War uh, was religious. Yes. Uh, the North was what we refer to now as mainline Protestant. Mm-hmm. You were a Presbyterian, you were mm-hmm. a Lutheran, you were you know you, you went to church on Sunday. It was all very cut and dried, stayed, you know, cut you, of butter yeah. square Christianity. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and and it was uh, you know temperance leagues and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And and religiously, mm-hmm. theologically, mm-hmm. there was. Uh, a very strong Apollonian. This is where I get into Apollonian Apollo versus, versus, versus Dionysian. Yeah. it was it was intensely Apollonian. Yeah, it was it was our God is is a god of order and and everybody getting along and mm-hmm. you know uh, noblesse oblige. Mm-hmm. You know, in in mm-hmm. northeast uh, politically, you know, if you had money there was an expectation that you is, took care of the one, poor this is one of those few things that we can actually thank the puritans for there, <laughs> there was there was this idea that yeah. if you were fortunate financially part of your job mm-hmm. was to you know help help the poor and 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 participate in giving money to the YMCA giving money to mm-hmm. uh, salvation army you know whatever whatever organizations making a college was. yeah creating a university yeah, yeah you know and by contrast, mm-hmm. in the South, the religion uh that, that was there was very intensely cathartic. Yes. It was uh, Dionysian, not not in the sense of, of necessarily being chaotic, but it was It was, it was Bacchanalian, it was, man. Yes, yes, like, it, it really was, was. It was it was it was descended from the ideas mm-hmm. of the second great awakening mm-hmm. where it was you need to have this conversion moment yes. in which you have this this it was cataclysmic. Uh, trans, yeah, yes. Yes, this apocalyptic, mm-hmm. this, this personal apocalypse where you have this intense moment of conversion. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that experience, you're not saved.
0: Right. And and by the, the way, God's going to come and pluck you. Yes. And, yes. Not and, everybody and, there's, else. and
1: there's this intense, in, intense focus on the, yep. on the personal relationship between the individual and God. Mm-hmm. And it's all... Uh, uh, it's, it's almost it's it's, it's, it's all catharsis, it, and it's it is almost all,
0: irrespective of your behavior too. Almost kind of Calvinistic There's that
1: there, way. there's well it's it's intensely Calvinistic yeah. as the as, as the <laughs> theology nerd. it yeah. is it is Calvinism. Yeah. If I could go back in time and smack one son of a bitch across the face as hard as I can with a, with an open hand, and he's bald, it would be so Calvin. Work. Yeah. yeah. Just just oh my god, because because <laughs> the thing is by himself Calvin didn't necessarily do a lot of damage. He he was crazier than a shithouse rat, but he by himself <laughs> did not do a lot of damage, but the people who who took what he wrote and ran with it had... yeah, I'm as I said, I'm a Catholic in the room. Mm-hmm. So but but all of that is reflected in this in this story arc. Yeah. That that catharsis that um the, the fight is 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 what there is, and this and this need on the part of the audience for the the emotional release. Yes. Uh, of of you know the, that that intense moment of victory that they've that they've had to wait for for so long, and then the cycle has to start up again. Yep. Because once you've gotten it, you need to get it again. Yeah. It's it's revival culture.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, and and if you go back to the north, uh, I'm not saying they're punching the clock, Christians, but salvation was also corporate. Yes. So yeah. if we all do our part, yeah. If we all okay, it's Sunday. This is what we do. Yeah. It was much more um, performative.
1: There was a great deal more. Yeah. Yeah. There was a great deal more performative aspect to it. There and ritualized intensely. But, yeah, yeah. But
0: and and lower stakes. In, yeah. in, in that it wasn't your personal yeah
1: the 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 extent to which you had an intimate I mean she, God they, is they, choosing you kind
0: of moment they put was, a, was a woman on life. trial for claiming that uh because someone said that she claimed that God spoke to her specifically yes talk about a polar opposite of oh, what you see in the south oh, oh yeah Anne Hutchinson was yeah no Anne, you know. Anne Hutchinson
1: yeah <laughs> the, the the Joan of Arc of, of the yeah. American Northeast yeah um, so yeah, yeah that's yeah. and
0: that's what yeah. you have in wrestling and, yeah. and and matches. So here's how you build a match, right? Um, you decide how you want the final match to be. Okay. In whatever territory you and you decide what you want the final match to be. What intensity do you want it at? And then you go backward from there to the point where how do you start the conflict?
1: Mm.
0: In the South, like lesson planning. Yeah, start, start with very similar. Yeah. yeah, and the most powerful tool in wrestling mm. is the eraser. Yeah. So, in the South, it's going to be bloody. It's going to be in a cage. There
1: will be blood.
0: There will be a shit ton of stipulations, by the way. That's another yeah. thing the South's really big on. I don't know the why. Because stipulations are stupid. I'm like, you have the easiest job in the world. It's wrestling. It's, and I'm not saying that wrestling is an easy job, but like, pick a deadly writing, sin.
1: Writing the story is easy. It really Why is. do you need to complicate it? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: As as the famous philosopher from Canada had once said, Miss Avril Levine, why do you have to go and make things so complicated? Nice, Well done. so, but they would work their way back. Well, it, and that final match is what's called the blow off. Yeah, and you, it's you're supposed to.
1: So it's overtly all about catharsis. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah.
0: But that's true in all the rest. Yeah, well, yeah, of it, right? no, that's, but, that's theater. And it's but, the yeah. idea is whatever story you finish telling. You still leave both guys with something to do after. Now they both might take a couple weeks off, but then they'll come back. So you don't want to um, completely obliterate one guy and put the other guy over a hundred percent. You want it to be a struggle. You want it to be dramatic. It has to yeah. be, you know, yeah. you know. I mean, you know, if, if if I don't know. I mean, if if Luke Skywalker didn't have to fight so hard against Darth Vader, you'd be like, oh, what's a big fucking deal then? Mm-hmm. So. In the South, though, it was, how much blood are we going to (laughs) spill? It was, are we going to get the cage out tonight? You know, like that's what they're aiming at, right? And you book these things five, six months in advance, by the way, because that would generate income through the house shows. So at its core, like you said, far bloodier, uh, far more cathartic, far more Dionysian, Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say Bacchanalian, Mm -hmm. Um, the audience liked the blood. They liked the feud. The blood really ups the intensity and the stakes for it. And they're far more interested in the struggle they are in mm-hmm. the whole thing than than uh, like I said, yeah, than than right prevailing. Now, like I said, this is Southern culture. This is about protecting Southern culture. It's about keeping the bumbling and interfering and ultimately more powerful through no fault of its own white Northerners from ruining what we've built here.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: And it didn't matter. Here's the best part. It didn't matter if they won the fight. Because to fight was to win.
1: Just getting the match was the culmination of all of the other drama that they'd created. The audience would go
0: apeshit when the uh, authorities would come out and say, Okay, and now Ric Flair has to fight Magnum T.A. Yay! And Flair, what? No! Oh my god! And Magnum T.A., all right, here we go. Doesn't matter a lick what the result's going to be.
1: Just the fact that he he forced that son of a bitch... That's right. ...to actually get into the ring and That's face him right. man right. to man. Exactly. All right.
0: They're ultimately doomed.
1: <laughs> You're all going to die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to lose this war.
0: <laughs> but how the face goes down, how much blood he draws in his loss, back to that nastiness, back to that Borderlander thing... Back to that southern culture. Back to that. Back to that. I we, don't have to win. Fought,
1: we fought a better war than they did, right. but we lost. It, it doesn't matter that we lost. We fought a better war than they did. It doesn't matter that we lost. We we did it. Go, we fought all the way down. We were fighting for we culture. Were, we were they fighting were fighting for, for money. They were fighting for money. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, did he knock the heel back on his heels? Mm. That's what matters. And in the northeastern territories. It is about the rightness of good. It is Apollonian till the cows come home. Um, it was about good fighting back the forces of evil. Evil is always coming at you out of the forest.
1: <laughs> yes. Well,
0: evil is always coming at you, and good prevails every time mm-hmm. because their Jesus is the one that wins, whereas <laughs> Southern <laughs> Jesus is the one that gets it's crucified from the, the cross. Right. Yeah.
1: The emphasis on resurrection rather than. Death and and right in the north.
0: Right, whereas in yeah, the south, yeah, it it's yeah
1: mortification.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and and there's a few I'm trying instances. To figure out
1: which one is more Catholic? <laughs> it's a hard question, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well.
0: yeah. Um,
1: the it, answer is it depends on who your Monsignor is.
0: There you go. Yeah. Um. So, if good doesn't prevail, mm-hmm, it will quickly prevail again. Eventually. Eventually. No, quickly.
1: The the knowledge, well, the knowledge is always there that... that This will go, okay. The right will prevail. Yes. God is not dead.
0: Now think about Uh, this. Okay. Civil war. Yeah. Our cause is just. We are keeping the union together. Yes. Did Lincoln get killed? Yeah. Yeah. Was he a martyr for the cause of unity and goodness? Yeah. Yeah. Also, the Northeast also always has this dual nature of of cosmopolitanism and plurality Mm -hmm. mixed with zeal (laughs) and Yankeedom. And that righteousness. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: That that Yankee sense of good, yeah, of community, of yeah. beating back the scourge of wickedness back into the wilderness, yeah. also Native Americans. Um, well, you know. Yeah, absolutely fed into the culture of wrestling up north. Okay. So you have this sharp divide yeah. as to how each side saw the Civil War. Yes. playing out in wrestling and playing out in how they handle individual combat. Where do most of the duels happen with the exception of New Jersey? Most that's of the okay. duels happen in the South. Yeah, well, one of the guys in, and in New Jersey the west. was a Southerner. It needs exactly. to be pointed out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so moving forward, we get to what are called the Monday Night Wars. Okay. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, that's Vince Jr., Vince Jr. Yep, sees cable as a way to defeat all of his competitors. And he starts in the 1980s buying out the owners of the various territories. And what he does is he gives them balloon payments. He says, I want to buy your territory from you. I will pay you a dollar now, but I will pay you the full amount by this date, and there will be payments along the way that increase, Okay. Right? but I'm going to buy your territory, I'm going to buy your the intellectual property, all the contracts of all your wrestlers, all, your, uh, all, all this stuff. You're still going <clears> to <throat> run it, and if I fail on that last day to provide the final payment, you get to keep all the money. Most of them are like, fuck yeah, this will be easy. You know, I'm going to be the one promoting it. It's a piece of cake. Well, Vince also had gone around to all the cable folks and talked to them and stuff. So each one is absolutely a gamble. He'd buy it, like I said, for a dollar, pay up later on. But he kept succeeding and succeeding and succeeding. And he starts using cable and closed circuit television, a brand new thing, which gave way to pay-per-views later oh,
1: okay.
0: as a way to spread his kind of wrestling the northern style of wrestling, the primary color style of wrestling, the wrestling where your competitors look really cut and chiseled, mm-hmm. right? These big guys, remember that Greco-Roman mm-hmm. ideal, and stuff like that. You look at the wrestlers in the Mid-South, they all look like they could be truck drivers. Yeah, um, And actually, it's funny to listen to the, um, the announcers. They'll hold a, a headlock for like 15 minutes of a match, of a 20-minute match. And the thing is, the crowd is on their feet the entire time. That's some seriously good selling. (laughs) And if you hear it on the TV, the announcers are talking about... I mean, they're making up all kinds of shit to make this dramatic. They're like, well, he's got those double-strength cables in his arms. Like, talking about how you have double tendons (laughs) and shit. And, like, that's really where the strength of a headlock comes in. Look at how he's... I mean, they're really pulling it apart. So good at selling it. (laughs) But Vince... He's spreading his shit everywhere. So now it's primary color wrestling all the time. Yeah. Spectacle, 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 which is on television much more impressive yeah. than a headlock for 20 minutes. Yeah. Essentially, he invaded via television. And it keeps working. He marginalizes the local territories, raids their top talent, brings those guys into his system, gets them to learn to work the, the WWF kind of way. And and each, by the way, each WWF lost a W along the way by this point. Yeah. Um. And it hasn't gone for the E yet. But each uh system has its own. It's kind of like football teams. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you if you join the Patriots, then you're going to learn their system of offense. Yeah, Yeah. and how to deflate the enemy. Um. But his was a northeastern territory. Good guys Uh, always win. And uh, wrestlers. They Again, there's so many territories to work, but everybody's trying to get to the WWF because that's where the money is. Mm -hmm. So now everybody wants to get there. On top of that, uh, the guys that are there that are heels know that they're replaceable because it's a heel factory is what they Mm. called it because everybody just jobs out. Um, This makes it much more palatable to kids, which is an un... A heretofore unseen market. Un-
1: untapped market, okay.
0: And their parents on Saturday mornings, which is where I started watching, and then on Monday nights and Tuesday nights and so on. And and he starts selling TV more than he's selling the house shows. The house shows are now starting to sell the TV shows. Um, with MTV growing in popularity and getting bigger and bigger, the WWF gets bigger and bigger. Now, during most of this time, it does bear mentioning that WWF had a no-blood policy, too. Because kids... Their characters were very cartoonish as
1: Mm -hmm. well.
0: Lots of primary colors, secondary colors, very bright. Guys who brought animals to the ring were really popular. Okay. Obviously, Jake the Snake Roberts. But a lot of people don't remember that the British Bulldogs brought a bulldog to the ring. Mm -hmm. A lot of people forget Coco Beware was the Birdman, and He brought Frankie, his pet Mm -hmm. parrot. A lot of people don't remember that Ricky the Dragon Seambro brought a Komodo dragon. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody's bringing... You know, there's one guy who was named yeah. Yeah. uh, There's one guy who was named Bobby Heenan. They called him the Weasel. So uh, it's just all kinds of animals. Um, Guys whose uh, occupation was their gimmick. Mm -hmm. You you had a repo man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gonna say, having worked a summer. In, As a, repo. A, in a repo repo company. I was yeah. not a repo okay. agent, very good. but but having worked in a repo company, some of those guys could very easily have have they had the personalities yep. for it. I'm just gonna say,
0: um, basically, uh, guys who wore varied and brightly colored ring gear mm-hmm. and had fake names. Okay, very few guys used their actual wrestling name, which was interesting too, because that meant that when you got to the WWF, you were you were hired for your talent, but very rarely were you hired for your name. Your name—that's something in another territory. And most of the wrestlers in the South went by their real names. Huh. So the trunks were mostly solid-colored, mm-hmm. uh, with a few exceptions, of course, um, uh, in 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 the South. Um, you know, is Arn Anderson? I think he had multicolored trunks, but it was red in the front, white in the back, or black in the back and white mm-hmm. in the front—that kind of thing. Um, in southern territories. Uh, like I said, their own names, or at least their names sounded normal enough. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, they all wore essentially the same five-color trunks, and they all mm-hmm. wore trunks. Some guys in WWF had singlets; some had you know, this and that. Mm-hmm. Not much variance in the south. <clears throat> it's just yeah. you're there and you're doing the job, and it's it's the drama, it's the violence mm-hmm. that tells the story. And in WWF, it's a spectacle, mm-hmm. colors versus colors. You know, Hulk Hogan is at the forefront of this. He was six foot nine, huge arms, terrible wrestler. <laughs> By design, because actually that fucker could wrestle; he really could. Oh, okay. But he didn't have to, and and and, and it's kind of like how Jay Leno is an incredible comedian, mm-hmm. but on the Tonight Show he never showed that. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what he needed to do to get to the Vulgate. Um, terrific spectacle, uh, decked out like I said in primary colors, took yeah. on all comers, stuck to his what he called the three commandments: training saying your prayers, and eating your vitamins. Hmm. Later on, he'd add a fourth one, but I forget what it was. Uh, I, I might have written it down later, though. Um, he was the ultimate face in the Northeast. He'd start very strong. like This guy's unbeatable. And then the heel would cheat, mm-hmm. halt Hulk Hogan's momentum, and they would beat Hulk Hogan nearly to defeat before he'd hulk up mm-hmm. and ultimately prevail. Now, think about the course of the Civil War mm-hmm. through Antietam and mm-hmm. Gettysburg the same basic yeah. rhythm. Now most of your smaller territories are regulated or relegated to the gymnasia and the armories in the 1980s and 90s Ted Turner steps in and buys WCW then, they're the only real competitor to the WWF. And I'm using that term competitor loosely. Um, it, was a, it was a competitor in the same way. RC Cola is a competitor to Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they have the same it's product. alternative brand. Yeah.
1: But it's not really in the same. Right. Yeah.
0: But Ted Turner has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he likes to fuck with Vince. <laughs> he called Vince. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I'm in the wrestling business. And Vince is like, well, that's great, Ted. I'm in the entertainment business. Big nice. difference. Nice. And Ted's like, nice. and then Ted hangs up, and he's like, "I want to beat him in the ratings." <laughs> and he puts everything he did, and so he starts pouring a ton this of is, money. Understand? Yeah.
1: Listening to this, yeah, is is like listening to the story of like a Raiders versus Dallas game. Because I hate both people involved. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to watch...
0: You hope for an injury. Both of them, yeah, yeah. I just
1: want to watch both of them be total dicks. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: So he wanted to beat Vince, and he they'd had kind of a rich guy feud going on for a while. Uh, at one point, Vince like had bought time on, on Turner television yeah. and pushed Turner's wrestling product off the TV. It was, just, it was so weird. <laughs> so Ted wants to put this Irishman in his place and Ted uh, Turner <laughs> is based out of Atlanta
1: uh-huh.
0: and Vince is based out of New York just pointing out yeah. a civil war Okay. so after a few years Ted Turner's company WCW hits on something um, now in 1993 Hulk Hogan left the WWF Yeah. he goes on to do some work on TV, movies, etc yeah. WCW got him to come over to them yeah they Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon, they yeah. took his top talent. He was a huge name. And uh, WCW starts to just raid the WWF with, with, like, hey, we we will give you a guaranteed contract, which at that point was unheard of. There's actually a couple guys that had guaranteed contracts. Lex Luger had gotten one because he was one of the first wrestlers to actually ever use an agent. Uh, the Road Warriors had gotten a, a guaranteed contract, but WCW has given it to everybody. Um,. And that's not the business model. And Vince is just like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Which is interesting because he had shaken up the business model previously, you know, and that's what yeah, happens. And you now he's
1: the one getting disrupted. Yeah you you, yeah. you
0: you go up the stairs in your work boots. You come down the stairs in your slippers, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they're rating all the big names. For a little while, it's working okay. But Hogan really just wasn't catching fire in WCW the way that he did in the WWF. Um. And so they try to do everything in WWF had done. Uh, Hulk Hogan's fighting monster heels. He fought a character named the Yeti, whose whose move was to wrap his arms around you and shake. And that was his fucking move. It's like, what... (laughs) What <laughs> they fought? They fought a guy called the Giant, and he came out dressed in the same kind of singlet that Andre the Giant wore. And he was a legitimate giant; he's seven foot four. You might know him as the Big Show. Okay, yeah, yeah. He claimed to be the illegitimate son of Andre. I mean, they just whatever they could recycle, and it just wasn't working. Hulk Hogan fights a faction of Satanists, basically, uh, which is just Dude. weird. Um, He's fighting all kinds of classic bad guys. And he's always winning. And it's just not catching on in WCW.
1: Huh. I wonder why.
0: Yeah. People begin to start booing Hulk. Or not even care who the champion is. Now, Monday Night Wars happen. Uh, Ted Turner basically says, I want to put a show to go against WWE Raw or WWF Raw. Uh, and I want to beat them in the ratings. And so they try to come up with all kinds of ways, and it just it's not catching, it's not catching. And then they bring in the NWO. Uh, now, what's going to rally wrestling fans in the South is the idea of fighting with a company up North. And what's going to really rally wrestling fans in the South is in an unstoppable, corrupt, stable of venal-ass heels.
2: <laughs>
0: Even better if you could combine those two ideas. So a guy named Scott Hall, big Mm -hmm. Scott Hall from the first match I ever watched, Mm -hmm. he had been like a mid-level wrestler most of his career. Uh, And there's another guy named named Kevin Nash, who was even more mid-level, like just unimpressive. And suddenly they both go to the WWF, they're huge, and they make it big. And at the height of their popularity as Razor Ramon and Diesel, Mm -hmm. their contracts come up. And the WCW offered them a better deal. They basically said you could make the same money you're making up there, but work half the dates. And they're like, "Oh, that would be nice." Because <laughs> wrestlers, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not even a raise. It's just we're gonna give you vacation. Yeah,
0: well, it, yeah. it's you're getting ma- get paid more per match essentially. Because well, yeah, yeah. wrestlers at the time were mm. working 300 and 350 days a year. Oh, it is a brutal schedule. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. So these guys are told, you, can only work, you only have to work 180 days a year? And they're like,
1: yeah. Uh, sign me up. Right.
0: Okay. So they get a better deal with WCW. And then other top talents start leaving as well. But this was totally different because these guys were basically made by the WWF. And that means that like, they have the aura of being from the WWF, which is in the north. And they show up on WCW and they start interrupting matches. And they come out with like aluminum baseball bats thug-like and they they talk about taking over the place Scott Hall's first interview he says you know who I am but you don't know why I'm here and that's all he fucking says and they didn't know what they were doing at the time it was not that forward planned but it was open enough that they kept they're like yeah. oh this is what they're catching on to okay and then they they came, they come in and they're like oh yeah we're taking over and they're like what do you mean they're taking is this actually WWF, guys. Everybody knew wrestling was fake. Everybody knew since the 30s it was mm-hmm. kayfabe. But people in the South Except really want to believe. There. Right. Well, naturally. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, that was that was uh, John Stossel. Which, oh, yeah, it was which John Which is Stossel. even better. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets the shit slapped out of him by a mid card wrestler. But. You're so, right. Yeah, it was yeah. John Stossel. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, So, Northerners are coming in, taking over brutally, destroying all of our heroes. Mm -hmm. Zantietam all over again. And Hulk Hogan joins them. He was a good guy. And he joins them. And it looked just like the W... And so, all three guys are from WWF. They look like they're taking over WCW. And that's the entirety of the storyline. Is that WCW-grown guys were... There's a thing called putting someone over. Mm -hmm. They were losing. Badly, that's to put them over putting over WWF guys who were actually NWO guys mm-hmm. and the NWO kept growing and growing and growing Right? Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen mm-hmm. are now good guys and they get destroyed in a cage match by NWO, it's not even a question they actually wrap up Ric Flair's face with a belt, with the championship belt and slam the gate door into his face yeah, it was brutal
1: holy crap
0: Arn Anderson even has to retire. Now, that's just true. I mean, he had enough injuries and stuff like that. But the next week, the NWA comes out and makes fun of his retirement story. And his retirement was a real, I love you guys, I'm so sorry. It was a very emotional speech. NWO comes out and just fucking roasts him. Makes so much fun of him. They mocked everything that was WCW. Even how you said WCW. They would do like, all right, survey time. Are you here to say WCW? Or are you here to see the NWO? Oh, wow. Ric Flair had several contract disputes at this time, so every time he disappeared, it would make it look like the NWO was even worse. So that was folded into the story. All the heroes for the WCW kept disappearing or losing to this faction or switching sides. They would mob the ring. They would bully the referee. They would beat WCW. WCW guys up after the matches didn't matter Lex Luger fought hard fought fought really well against them he even took them all on at one point winning the title for about a week Mm. sticking with that narrative right then he lost again because they gang attacked him during the match and the ref wasn't smart enough or able enough to stop it the one guy that they looked to was a guy named Sting Mm -hmm. who starts dressing like the crow by the way Um, oh yeah Ah. and And because the NWO used a fake Sting, because it's really easy to you know paint a guy up who's, who's chiseled, to attack Sting's friends, everyone turned their back on Sting. They started booing Sting. So Sting was like, fuck you all. And he left. And he didn't wrestle for 18 months.
1: Oh, wow.
0: That was all storyline. He was still getting paid. Um, but he was now the crow. He was a sad clown. The storyline dominates wrestling. And it puts WCW over WWF. And WWF almost goes out of business at this point. Oh wow! Now think about what the WCW is doing. Is they are using a Northern Takeover storyline mm-hmm. to drive everything right now. Eventually, Vince McMahon figures this out. Back in 1995, there was a guy named uh, Steve Austin, yes. Stunning Steve Austin. That's what he was originally. He oh, was okay. Straw-colored hair. Uh, he was a mid-level wrestler, very technically proficient, working his way through the South, learning his craft. He started in Texas, worked his way up to Memphis, Mm -hmm. came down to Atlanta. And he was basically a bully heel. Okay. Okay. Mid-Carter, pretty technically adept, but he still would find reasons to cheat. In 1995, he got injured. -hmm. WCW actually let him go by mail. Oh, wow. Yeah. They did this a lot, by Mm -hmm. the way. Partly because they're on the road all the time. Yeah. But uh, your corporate office is in Atlanta. You you could send somebody out or you could bring them in. So he finds work in the WWF, and he, he's labeled the taskmaster. No, the ringmaster. Sorry. Okay. He's got a crew cut, and he's really boring, and he's part of Ted DiBiase's stable of okay. boring-ass guys who work for the rich guy.
1: Okay.
0: The problem that WWF is having is that they've gotten stale, and they nationalized, but now their presence is too milk toast, too vanilla, okay. too... Northeastern to succeed anymore. Okay. Culture's changing. It's the mid nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Um Vince McMahon doesn't have the imagination to figure out how to shift next. He's he really doesn't. Um so while this is going on, WCW figured it out mm. and they are starting to use cable because they go on TNT. Obviously. And they nationalize their brand, which is on the way up while they had WWF is on its way down. Now They nationalized their brand with this narrative in the mid-90s. Okay. Okay? Now, I love this. uh, I, I pulled this quote. This is a thing that Vince McMahon actually went on to WWF television and said to the audience, "...it has been said that anything can happen here in the World Wrestling Federation, but now more than ever, truer words have never been spoken." This is a conscious effort on our part to open the creative envelope, so to speak, in order to entertain you in a more contemporary manner. Even though we call ourselves sports entertainment because of the athleticism involved, the key word in that phrase is entertainment. So I'm just going to break away from that for a second. He's pulling the curtain back, and you never were supposed to do that.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: He is trying that, and he's basically selling wrestling down down the, the tubes there. He's like, you know, we're, we're entertaining. He's admitting to them all. Mm-hmm. Now, he already had to do that in court. It yeah. used to be that in wrestling, wrestlers actually had to buy a, a an athletic license, mm-hmm. like a boxing license, mm-hmm. to be wrestlers. I mean, they kept kayfabe.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, back to Vince. The WWF extends far beyond the strict confines of sports presentation into the wide-open environment of broad-based entertainment. We borrow from such program niches like soap operas, like Days of Our Lives, or music videos such as those on MTV, daytime talk shows like Jerry Springer and others, cartoons like The King of the Hill on Fox, sitcoms like Jerry Seinfeld's, and others widely accepted forms of television entertainment. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your intelligence insulted. We also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of good guys versus bad guys, Surely, the era of the superhero urge uh, the superhero urge you to say your prayers and take your vitamins is definitely passe. Therefore, we've embarked on a far more innovative and contemporary creative campaign that is far more invigorating and extemporaneous than ever before. Through some 50 years, the World Wrestling Federation has been an entertainment mainstay here in North America and all over the world. One of the reasons for that longevity is, as the times have changed, so have we. So just look at the names he dropped, right? Yeah. It's not accidental. He's looking at who's watching those shows and what the demographics are, and he's like, I'm going to mention these things that they like because that's Mm -hmm. where the money is. Okay. It's how many quadrants is he trying to hit, right? So how does he do this? Well, you know what's working really well is this lost cause narrative.
2: (laughs) It's effective
0: and it's been baked into cinematic culture for the entirety of cinematic culture. Mm -hmm. So when the NWO is bullying everyone and everything and always winning and good guys are being destroyed, it captures and keeps people's interests. So by the late 1990s, WWF is losing badly in the Cable Wars. They're called the Cable Wars. And Vince lets his wrestlers try new things. He has a meeting back there where he tells the wrestlers that he's like, I think I've lost touch, so if you've got ideas, I'm willing to listen. Which is unheard of for a booker to do. Yeah, Sometimes they'll be like, look, I hired you. You come up with the creative, and I'll let you know when too far is too far. The late 1990s means one thing importantly. Um, narratively there are no clear good guys and no clear bad guys anymore now mm. that's that's not lost cause but it does it is lost cause adjacent mm-hmm. go to comic books for a second mm-hmm. you remember what was really popular in the mid 90s
1: anti-heroes with lots of pouches yeah guns Yeah. lots of guns guys with you know yeah lots of lots of firearms and no lots feet of, no feet <laughs> no. Yeah. Wolverine yeah mm. Lobo yeah spawn yeah what, I'll, what I'll point out yeah what yeah. i'll point out about lobo mm-hmm. is uh from the beginning mm-hmm. lobo was a self-parody
0: again with that and people are missing it
1: and 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 yeah and, and people and i
0: don't people think we should do parody people. anymore i you. it's 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 not working yeah well you know <laughs> yeah I'm so, go with you. uh venom's very popular antiheroes yeah. are the thing yeah. right Steve Austin catches fire because he's a bad guy who doesn't pay attention to the rules ever. Mm -hmm. Bring back that Southern Mm -hmm. brutality, right? He has a Texas accent, too. Um, He feuds brutally with the good guys. And he gets popular by doing so. Mm. That's the thing. He's doing what Heels did in the South for an entire generation. But now it's working to make him a face. Hmm. Once he starts feuding on camera with Vince McMahon, here's the thing. Steve Austin was a brutal bad guy. Beat the shit out of everybody. Never accepted defeat. Um, mm. Even when he'd lose, I mean, he'd do chicken shit moves and stuff like mm. that. And, and, and he was just really brutal. That's a heel move. Mm-hmm. They make him feud with Vince McMahon on camera. Now, this is after the Montreal Screwjob, which actually... Bret Hart got screwed six ways from Sunday on it. Um, but essentially what it really did was it set up Vince McMahon as a bad guy on camera. Okay. And they ran with it. They didn't know to run with it right away, but they figured it out. So Austin starts feuding with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is a venal wrestling boss who's going to do whatever he can to make sure that this lone wolf, this antihero, mm-hmm. this beer-swilling man who has his own coat of honor... Doesn't end up champion. Mm. WWF starts climbing back up in the ratings by this point because of this. And also they become PG-13. Okay. Whereas WCW tries to minimize its bloodletting now. Mm. Uh, The two companies switch Mm -hmm. at just the wrong time. And they're both competing basically for the same mentality. Mm -hmm. They're both the powerful attacking the singular. Mm -hmm. and the singular is going to lose but damn it if he's not going to put up a fight he -hmm. will rip your ear off before he loses kind of thing Mm -hmm. so ultimately you do need blood and a clear hero to do this though and wwf has that uh they still have the fan favorite coming out ahead so the southerner it comes out ahead in wcw they keep having the uh the, the bad guys come out ahead mm-hmm. because that's the lost cause mentality. Mm-hmm. But the WWF is a northern territory, but they take the lost cause set pieces mm. and then they northernize them. They shift them around. Right. Okay. So you do have the fan favorite coming out ahead, but he only comes out ahead at the end. Mm-hmm. But then he stays ahead for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and he keeps the belt. Mm-hmm. Even though he gets beat the shit out of for like the entirety of the show, at the end he still finds a way, right? So he's a fan favorite, and despite the rich and brutal boss's machinations, despite Lincoln mm-hmm. sending Grant mm-hmm. or or <laughs> Sherman, or Sherman, uh, WCW in the late '90s succeeds largely because it tapped into lost cause mentality. Um, the WWF succeeds in the '90s largely because it tapped into lost cause mentality. Mm-hmm. They were both nationalizing the lost cause mentality. The difference was that WWF was totally committed to the feud, to the blood. I mean, Steve Austin had a shirt that, like, I mean, the, the moment that made him was when he he fainted in a pool of his own blood because he refused to give up to a submission hold. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Damn. WCW balked at blood and the South didn't stay on board because they want fucking blood. (laughs) Okay. Now, what happened is that this lost cause mentality is nationalized as an ideology into our popular culture through this. I think through wrestling specifically. And the people who are watching wrestling are 18 well are 16 13 to 18 year olds for the most part okay. and on up to 24 year olds but people who are 13 to 18 in the mid 90s are our age now. Yeah The good guy doesn't yeah. have to win mm-hmm. he just has to he doesn't even have to be a good guy he just has to tell it like it is and get his moral victory
2: mm.
0: He just has to fight he has to make sure he doesn't give up and he has to bloody the other side. Who seek to oppress him. Or foreigners.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is what happens with the wrestling. That's lost cause. That's mm-hmm. that's nationalizing. And you can see that playing out in all aspects of our culture right now. Yeah. And I think that has to do with how wrestling starts in the late 1800s. And how that ties right into the historiography that was happening in the late 1800s. And I think that's absolutely why we are where we are politically. Wow. Yeah. That's that, not the only that factor. Got, that's that one got, hell of a factor.
1: It's, it's a big one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That is...
0: Because who controls the the, the vulgar story? Way profound, story?
1: way fast. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. No, control the story. Control the people. Mm-hmm.
0: And you control the story that's most accessible to the people. Yeah. And wrestling is the most accessible form of a morality play that you will ever have. Because there are no words necessary. You have two guys in their underwear in the middle of a ring. <laughs> yeah. So.
1: Yeah, there's not not a lot there. No. Not a lot to have to deal with.
0: So, that's that. Wow. What do you think? Um, How do you feel?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um... You know, at, at the end of the last episode, you said that, that mm-hmm. it, it was you know going to be depressing. I'm not depressed. Oh, um, I'm. I I feel as though again, I don't remember whether it was earlier this episode or last episode talking mm-hmm. about you know something something in the background of the picture suddenly becoming unavoidably clear. Mm-hmm. You know, and and wait, how the hell did I miss that? Right. Um. You know the the uh, slender man that's always been in the corner of the frame that you only notice when something happens and
0: sure know. when somebody tells you about when
1: when it. yeah when when you know you you suddenly you know step back for a moment and walk back into the room while the video is playing and go holy shit right you know
0: or well how um, Captain America is actually Captain Puerto Rico yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. So. god damn it you had to bring that up now, I'm gonna, <laughs> now it's going to take me months to forget that but um. You know, yeah. It's it's these these are all forces that that operate on us at such a sub rosa kind of level mm-hmm. that it, it's like fish don't realize they're wet. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. And. And you who've never watched wrestling. Yeah.
1: Y- yeah. yeah. You know. I I know I know, like I said before, I I know what I know. Because of the way that it has bled over into the rest of popular culture, mm-hmm.
0: um, and you can honestly, I mean, that that fight between Stone Cold Steve Austin from Victoria, Texas, yeah. against Vic, Vince McMahon from New York, yeah, right. That's Katniss Everdeen.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, going yeah. well, to the big it's, city. It's, it's Katniss Everdeen going going to District One. Yeah, that's Luke, it's, Skywalker, it's Luke going Skywalker going to the Death going Star. To the Death Star yeah. or you know, Coruscant. Yeah. It's uh, Harry Potter yeah. and the, and the Weasleys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very Bucallic. getting having to having to face off at school against Draco Malfoy and yep. all of his upper crust Slytherin friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's
0: it's Frodo the, the, leaving it's, the Shire.
1: Yeah, the, the, the roots of the story are. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's are, rural are, versus yeah, urban. Yeah, it's, yeah 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 rural
1: yeah yeah the 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 rural versus urban lower class versus upper class. You know, plucky commoner versus you know asshole, aristocrat, corrupt rich guy. Yeah, uh, is it, I mean that's that's something that I mean you don't even need to be, you know, part of it. it doesn't it doesn't even need to be part of the the lost cause mm-hmm. narrative? It's it's just it's it's an inbuilt conflict within any kind of in any kind of stratified society. Mm-hmm. But the nature of the way that conflict plays out, I think both reflects and, and like you said, uh, in regard to you know art and culture, it mm-hmm. both reflects and fuels mm-hmm. um, so much about how everything winds up working from there. Um, just the fact that it is about fighting and fighting and fighting and losing. Yeah. And then fighting and fighting and fighting and losing. Mm-hmm. And then fighting and fighting... And finally having that cathartic, transformative yep. uh, uh conversion moment of victory. Yeah. And then I I think Yoink. I think, I think <laughs> well well, I, I think I think a critical part of the psychology of it is the mm-hmm. fact that you can't end it there. No. When when your story is based around the struggle, you can't end it there. Well because when then there's no story. You yeah. have to wind up having the outside forces, you know, snatch mm-hmm. it away. You know, you have to have Han Solo get locked in Kryptonite, right. and Luke lose a hand, and all that shit has to happen because if you if if you win, there's not a story
0: anymore. And, and you've and, got and a business model that relies on people well, engaging the story yeah, at all times on, on
1: a on a capitalist level. Yes. there's the
0: business model. Yeah,
1: and then just on a psychological level. Yeah, for the audience. Yeah. You can't end it there because if your whole, uh, if your whole emotional payoff Mm -hmm. is about the suffering, if your whole emotional payout is about watching your avatar fight the good fight and lose but win morally, then when they win, something needs to happen, right? Because you know there needs you, you you get that hit. Yeah. And if you're ever gonna get another hit, you need to have it taken away.
0: Yeah. Well and, 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 and North versus South though. Yeah. I mean, you don't have that need in the north. No, it's you good you guy constantly winning and beating it back.
1: Because right. again, it's Apollonian Dionysian. Yep. The the outlook in and in in, in a more industrialized, mm-hmm. more pluralistic, more diverse Kind of society is, you know, the conflict is we've got all these people mm-hmm. who are coming from all these different places and we all have to figure out how to get along. Right. And we need order and we need, you know, the forces of light and cooperation and doing the right thing to win all the time. Civilization, mm-hmm. Apollonian, whatever Apollonian shit you got going on. <laughs> um, we need those forces to win or yep. we're all going to wind up at each other's throats. Right. Whereas in, in the roots of that Southern story, it is people living in much more rural circumstances yep. where you have to rely on, like you said, your clan, your family, your, yep. your tight-knit little group. And if, if you... And, 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 and how to put it? And the class structure in that society was one where mm-hmm. there was one group that had all the money and all the resources and made the rules right i think i think part of the conversation that that kind of came up that, that didn't get really delved into mm-hmm. is you know the the bad guy winning by manipulating the rules yes is as part of southern culture back to the beginning of you know the virginia company mm-hmm. the guys with the money were the ones in the legislature, literally right. making the rules, and On,
0: a, including who could be in the legislature. Yes, like the, like I said, and in, in I think the first episode of this was yeah. that there was a slave owning requirement to be a senator yes. in South Carolina.
1: Yes, and and so for for anybody who was a working class or or a rural farmer in you know small rural farmer, mm-hmm. not a plantation owner in that society, they were constantly dealing with the forces the forces of authority were inherently yeah. corrupt in that way. They set the rules to make it so mm-hmm. there was no way for the little guy to win. Right. You know, and and then capitalized on manipulating the little guy oh, with yeah. with this very narrative. Yes. You know. And and you know the, using it the, against the guy using, that it's about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's 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 one of the most remarkable things about the development of the narrative in the first place, Mm -hmm. is that just talking about the Lost Cause historiography, Mm -hmm. the people who got the biggest payoff from it were the people who started the war in the first place. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And the people who cling to it most aggressively, because they feel like they have the most to lose... Mm-hmm. When
0: they lost the most when, from when it, they
1: mostly, when they lost the most from it in the first place, are are the ordinary, you know, uh, uh, the non-slave Johnny, Johnny, owners, non- non-slave Johnny owning Johnny Reb, yeah, you know, and their and their widows, yeah, and their and you know their children, their children. at the end of the war. Oh yeah, um, one of the points of uh, upon the altar of the nation at the end of the book, one of the things they pointed out was that it was Southern widows who carried. Mm-hmm. the 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 torch of the bitterness and well their the sacrifice resentment. yeah yeah you know because of because of because of what they had lost and they taught their children, yes, this narrative yeah because of that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know yeah, so i mean this this is this is something that kind of has always been there mm-hmm. and we've kind of always known but talking about it through this lens mm-hmm. I th- I think that's that's one of the things that's part of the reason I was so excited about hearing about this from you. Sure. was I think that's that's one of the things that I really want want to try to do as an overarching thing with what we're doing in this podcast mm-hmm. is this this is something that if you've studied the history you know it. Right. But having it all of a sudden through the lens of popular culture made so like unavoidably obvious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think is powerful. I agree. You know, and and
0: yeah, well, yeah, and, and like I said, like a lot of people, I don't want to say give me shit for loving wrestling, but a lot of people look at me sideways. They're like, how is it that a guy who you're, knows you're Latin, a,
1: you're a college-educated right. classics teacher, Latin, <laughs> Latin instructor, right. with a master's degree in, in, women's, a, in history. Of all things women's history, women's yeah. history, and you're a wrestling fan? Yeah, well, you know, there's there. I, I will the admit, I, I will admit, there's I... a little bit of a frisson of like, wait. What? <laughs> That, that yeah. happens when you find that out about. Oh yeah, you. but but at the same time that I look at you, I'm like, yeah,
2: right. Okay, okay yeah, yeah
0: totally Well, and that. then like to hear how deep into the woods I get on it, and you're like, oh, of course he did that with it. Well, yeah, you of, know? <laughs> of
1: course, of course you got all pointy headed with it. because so, what else are you going to do? Yeah,
0: but no, it's it's I I love it for that very reason. I mean, like, yeah. I I how to put um, there are certain types of expression of cinema culture or, mm-hmm. or or literature that i i love because there's such a snapshot into what that zeitgeist is okay you know and and i'm i mean i'm that way when i'm teaching caesar mm-hmm. i'm that way when i'm teaching ovid i'm that way when i'm teaching augustus mm-hmm. um i mean Uh, uh, Virgil I mean Augustus (laughs) Um, you know and that's kind of the point is that like you know every single one of these things is absolutely a window in and wrestling is so unique in that it is the longest lasting first off it's the longest lasting TV series right now is WWE Raw yeah okay it's longer than Bonanza ever was wow yeah and it goes weekly and they have not had a rerun ever like just Wow! Right, you know. Talk
1: about a factory. It's, it's yeah. yeah,
0: you know, and and there's something about that. That I mean, it's longer than Saturday Night Live by
1: several years. Yeah.
0: Well, no, I mean SNL started in '75, mm-hmm. but you know, and Raw started in '95 or no '92, but it has had more continuous episodes. It doesn't yeah. have a summer off. It doesn't yeah, have yeah, an there's, off there's season. No, yeah. Um, and wrestling itself. There's no hiatus. Yeah. Wrestling itself has been going without hiatus since the NWA days, since yeah. the 1930s, yeah. you know. Uh, and and it's been going on TV uh, since the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been a few times where it didn't show up on any TV. Mm-hmm. But as an entertainment form, I mean, circuses come and go. Yeah, Baseball has seasons. Football has seasons. Wrestling does not have a season. It's just all the time. And so it's this constant... Constant tide of a mirror, mm-hmm. and it's it. It started as a local mirror, and then this one local bacteria became the national bacteria, mm-hmm. and then to to survive, it had to adopt what this other bacteria almost mm. defeated it with, and in so doing, we're all infected with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's, but it's the I think it's the only thing that I've found that's like that too. I cannot think of another form of entertainment. That is that long suffering. Mm. You know, that, yeah. that is that continuous. Yeah, I mean, continuous. off,
1: off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, yeah. you, you have the, the yacht races or the Olympics, but that's only ever X amount of years. Yeah. Know? But this is every week. And for the longest Fish. time, it was... What's that?
1: Fish. Touring.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Before Could then, be. the Grateful Dead. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, maybe... But you know, it's it's. I'm not it's, hip enough to be able to quote sure. facts
1: about that, but that's the first thing. But it is it's every thing. week, yeah.
0: and prior to it being every week, it was every night in a new, in a different town. Yeah, on a circuit, depending on where it was, mm-hmm. and is so local. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, very cool. Wrestling's still going on, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWF has a network now, mm-hmm. um, that is phenomenal. I, I've Just been, about everybody
1: has a network. It's true, but yeah, they have, have this like. Podcast long enough, will have a network
0: here's hoping mm. I, I I have the network I've told you how I use the the, yeah. the Marvel app yeah. too um, I'm watching all the paper views of WCW and WWF right now I'm up to 1992 Holy and I'm crap. seeing them respond to each other <laughs> nice and it's really interesting to see them yeah, respond making, to each other when they're trying to pretend yeah. they don't exist um, and it's absolutely like showing me what's mm. going on at that time yeah uh, which is just fascinating to me
1: yeah well yeah. that whole that whole comparison between the two of them mm-hmm. it would, like yeah. looking at them literally side by side like
0: that yeah. Would be, yeah. Yeah. yeah which is if I had the money back then when I was <clears throat> you know if I was my age back then and had the money and the time I could have done that for 20 bucks a pop every yeah. month you know yeah um, and just to see how they start ramping it up and yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. I'm very interested in seeing what happens during the lull years yeah because in the mid 90s uh, they both had a huge lull Mm-hmm. Um, so did comic books interesting everybody almost went bankrupt in the mid 90s yeah well, so. I,
1: remember, I remember DC and Marvel both having mm-hmm. big issues at that point yeah so yeah.
0: anyway um, so I think uh, the next one's probably going to be yours but yes. sometimes we release these out of order mm-hmm. so who knows yeah um, but what is coming up in the future, just in, in general? Like, Give us a couple topics that are coming out.
1: Uh, well, uh, the first thing is mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, Battletech. Ooh. And specifically, mm-hmm. I want to look at who the main real, in air quotes, antagonist was in Battletech as a game that came out in 1984. Oh, wow. And why. Cool. Uh, at least at first. Okay. And then after that, uh, we're going to stick with BattleTech uh, and and look at the development of that mm-hmm. universe from that point into the early '90s and then beyond. Cool. Uh, at least for a short span of time beyond, uh, because it, it again has to do with who who the antagonist is sure. in that setting. So that's nice. and, and again why. Cool. So that's that's where I'm looking at. I'm kind of fired up about it. Yeah. Uh, part of the reason I'm fired up about it is because it's the giant robot genre. Uh, Walking tanks. Um, um, Americanized, and so that that's actually is part of the Zitgeist discussion. Nice. With that, so nice. That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking at. That's what okay. I got ready to go.
0: I've got a couple mm-hmm. uh, percolating. Um, I've got um, uh, the Fantastic Four. Ah, yes, the uh, as a nuclear family, yeah. As yeah. a nuclear, as a grotesque uh, satirization of the nuclear family, mm-hmm. um, and a send-up, a critique. Uh, I've also got how 9-11 ruined um, the the movie The Alamo.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And 11 um,
1: just fucked everything
0: up. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Wow. Um, also, yeah, and that'll be my second 9 9-11 episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently, that's uh, pretty pretty stuck in my craw. Um,
1: I think it is for a lot of us. Yeah, very likely. Say, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but also uh, had a few other ideas uh, cooking up. Okay. Um, as always, if anybody has ideas of things that they would like to see, uh, blending,
1: or rather here,
0: yeah, that's as good the case it. may be, <laughs> uh, blending or analyzing um, a, a geekdom in the context of its history, uh, its his- his- historical context. Um, then please message us um, yes. at at Geek History Time on the Twitter um, or either of us individually. Um, Ed, what's your address?
1: I am at eh Blaylock mm-hmm.
0: and I am at du Harmony. Uh, so please uh, let us know what you would like us to see us take on, and we'll see what we can uh, work up for you. Otherwise, it'll just be stuff that we're really interested in. But you know, it, it'd be cool to be able to to answer the needs of the masses. Indeed. So. Cool. All right. Well, uh, for Ed Blaylock, I'm Damian Harmony. Um, Thank you all for listening. And uh, until next time, make sure you roll them D20s 20 side up.